Welcome to the Straight from the Crest podcast. Welcome back to the Straight from the Crest podcast. I'm your host, Michael David Kresovich. I'm joined today by my good friend, Garrett Bastardi. First, we're going to recap our experience at the Shoe in Columbus and talk about Penn State's performance over the weekend. And first and foremost, this episode is brought to you by Anchor. So we're going to listen to a message from our sponsor before we get going. So Ohio State 33, Penn State 24, nine-point loss on the road. Garrett and I were there. What did you enjoy most about the overall experience of being in Columbus? Uh, it was just a fun weekend to, first of all, good evening, Mikey. How are you? We're doing excellent. Okay. Um, as good. always. That's good, Mike. Um, I just, I mean, as someone who just loves college football in general, it was great to be at a, a great football game. Um, obviously, it stinks as a Penn State fan to lose your third game in a row. Um, but the team played tough and they played hard and, you know, had an opportunity coming down the stretch, um, and just couldn't, couldn't make the plays three turnovers on the road. Isn't going to get it done. Uh, Penn state still cannot run the ball at all. And so that's not going to get it done. Um, but they played hard, you know, the defense bent, bent, but they did not break. Um, and you know, we, I thought, had a good offensive game plan overall threw the ball really well cliff played pretty well i'm not sure how it's possible that this team could in a million years lose to illinois but they did um but i i thought overall they they played well It was just a good football game overall to me it was almost like we saw two sides of the blue and white scrimmage last week we saw the white team or the second string team yeah and this week we saw the blue team trot out and play as the starters because like you said they did they played well they fought. They showed up. They played like a top ten team in the country, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Which I don't. I don't get the game of football. Uh, how you can lose at home to Illinois, one of the worst teams in Power Five, which was apparent this past weekend too. It's their, and then come back the next weekend and contend with one of the top teams in college football, who's likely going to be in the college football playoff. Um, and let's just let's talk about the shoe, Garrett. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a, it's kind of like Penn State in a lot of ways but i mean you said before we went in you said hey just heads up they don't play music it's Uh, a little different environment yeah um you know it's not like for those penn state fans who haven't been there um like the student section all isn't in one place it's kind of weird like it's on one end and then they have a student section on the other end uh i don't really like that i think that's odd um but yeah it's it's a really nice stadium and i this is my third time there so i'm interested to get your your take on this mikey but um I think it's a really nice stadium. I I really like the stadium. I don't think the atmosphere is anywhere as maybe in, as intense or loud as we can get at home at Beaver Stadium. Um, and there's been a lot of Ohio State fans that have attested to that, where they just are just like, yeah, those whiteout games when we play you guys are just nuts compared to what we have. So that's always you know how it kind of works. But their facility, their stadium, the horseshoe is a very, very nice stadium. To me, it's almost as it's an NFL stadium. Um, it's more commercialized. We saw the, the jersey sales of C.J. Strahd underneath the stadium. You go to the pro shop, you're not getting that at Beaver Stadium. You're getting the number ones. There were signed Ezekiel Elliott uh, autographs, which I was tempted to, to take a raffle on during my <laughs> during the the breaks of the game in action where I wandered around. And the concessions top Beaver Stadium, I'll say that. 
Beaver Stadium isn't dishing out margaritas and pizzas. No, no, that's as, not happening. As much as the overrated uh, chicken fry basket that people just droll over in State College. But, like, yeah, to your point, the experience, um, Penn State owns that. But in terms of the wow factor, I don't know. I think Columbus has – the it passes the eye test. It it looks neat from the outside. It looks like a Coliseum as you're walking yeah, by. Yeah, Coliseum, Cathedral. You I mean, it. I will say that – you know the the scaffolding look that Beaver Stadium has um, is not a match for the cathedral uh, coliseum look that the horseshoe has. Um, and you know we're, we're supposed to have this big renovation over the next however many years. Don't know when that's going to happen, but I will say that you know to start competing with these top level teams, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit. Um, you know. The facilities overall, Penn State need need a facelift in order to to compete um, with some of these other facilities that we're seeing. I mean, I was just at A and M a couple weekends ago. I'll be at A and M this upcoming. Yeah. yeah, I'll be there for the for the Auburn game this upcoming weekend. Um, their stadium is the most unbelievable place I've ever been to. I mean, it's just so nice, gigantic, um, and the shoe isn't isn't too far off of that either. Okay. Yeah, and, and let's dive back into the game because you, you touched on it earlier, the turnovers. We didn't capitalize on the ones that we were able to grab, and, of course, they they pulled off some costly ones. No no one hurt worse than the late interception, but my take Scoop away, and score, too. Yeah, I mean, right after. Yeah, the, yeah. we let a, a 450-pound man outrun our – uh, wide receivers. All, all three of the yeah, all three of the turnovers were brutal in their own way. The first fumble was brutal because we had just gotten a turnover, and literally the next play we give it back. The second turnover at right at the end of the half to let them get a ten point lead, and then we get a stop down three midway through the fourth quarter, throw a pick. Um, they just you know there were three turnovers, and they were three really badly timed. You know as you know. Ohio State getting points off of them directly. Um, it was, you know, kind of surprising that the game was as close as it was given those bad circumstances. As soon as we walked out of the stadium, because we left right when Jordan Stout missed the the field goal, we both looked at each other and said, "What are we going to talk about?" And we we rewatched it on the way back from Columbus, the the whole game uh, at about eight in the morning Sunday. Uh, and my takeaway from it was this that. Ohio State is a very good football team, and we did everything we could to compete with them. We had a lead. Uh, we, we had a lead multiple times, and we did what we could do to compete. But at the end of the day, they are just one of the best teams in the nation, and that's what you get no matter how well we play. Fate is going to just give the better team the win almost. Yeah, and yeah, my two big takeaways are, one, um, no matter what you know position Penn State is in, no matter – you know what shape the program is in it just seems like for the re- for the end of time as long as you know James Franklin is the coach uh Penn State and Ohio State will be a gritty ball game and it'll be tough it'll be it'll be hard fought it's been annoying that you know pretty much every game Penn State has had a shot in the second half to win and they haven't been able to pull it out other than this one in 16 um but really dating back to 2014 when uh Penn State went to double overtime as a 20 point dog uh, every game has been been close, and it's definitely been more of a rivalry game than the Ohio State-Michigan game has been when it comes to competitiveness. My second takeaway is uh, Penn State threw the ball for 52 times, which is the most times Penn State has ever thrown the ball. Fun fact. Okay. Um, third time ever that they've thrown over 50 times. And, um, you know, I, I think that 
you know, a, probably 75 to 100 of those passing yards supplemented the run game. They were short, quick passes, um, getting guys out in space on the perimeter um, because clearly, you know, we Penn State just cannot run the ball. Um, another thing with that, um, and my last kind of point and takeaway is Mike Yersich is so good. He is so good at what he does. He's a great OC. Um, you know, when he gets on a roll play calling, it's much like it, it's much like a quarterback or a player getting on a roll, um, getting into the feel of the game. He is so good at uh, at just you know determining where the defense is going to be, anticipating where the defense is going to be, and what they're going to set up in, and how and you know does a good job of being able to to exploit that. You know, Penn State had several drives. As soon as they get going, they're going the whole way. Um, and so. I'm not really sure against what happened against Illinois. I would not be surprised if he was handcuffed um, by some more powerful people um, in the uh, in the organization as to what he could call. But clearly, to, uh, Saturday night he was able to call a lot more of what he wanted to. He called a great game, I thought, and um, you know put the guys in a really good position to to be successful on offense. I hate to make this about the Dallas Cowboys, oh, but God. I'm going to compare it to that as. Uh, Jason Garrett was uh, Dak Prescott's offense coordinator, of course, called plays. Kellen Moore was the quarterback coach. He held him back. Comparable to this Penn State situation, of course, Kellen Moore takes over, unleashes this new thing. I think once Yurcich gets a quarterback, and we don't know what Sean Clifford, we don't know the status of him next year. My guess is he'll be the quarterback next year. That's my gut reaction. But a full another full offseason, like you said, the offense is great to watch. The one thing I didn't like, uh, Dotson's first touch didn't come with it until three minutes left in the first half. Yep. That's And I know they game plan around him, but they weren't bracketing him. They weren't doubling him at the line. you got to find a way to get the ball to your best player. Whether that's a tunnel screen for a loss of two yards, I don't care. Just get the ball in your best. Let him touch the ball because that's going to open him try up. to run. It, throw, <laughs> I mean, get him on a jet, jet sweep. sweep. Get him you know, something going early. Because it's going to open up opportunities for guys like Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith, and even the tight ends, who you yeah. nailed the first touchdown, by the way. I forgot to tell you. Uh, you hit the first touchdown. I for, forget what I said. A oh, Brent Strange. Strange. Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah. oh, he's going to catch it. And you said, yep, this one he will. So yeah. kudos <laughs> to I? Garrett. <laughs> So I said Garrett hopefully got, he'll catch Garrett got something right. Um, oh, wow. Okay. He We're did lose there. spooky season. We wrapped that up last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss did not get it done. No. I also was way off in the score. You said 31-24 Ohio State. Yeah. Right? That was That's about as close as you can get. Yeah. I said 41-17. Um, yeah. So I did get something right for the first time in the, in the Mikey pod, in the straight from the crest pod season. There'll be we'll have more fun challenges like that. But it was a great time in Columbus. Shout out to the guys who we were with the whole weekend, especially with uh, with Triple D and G with the old Dan, Doug, David, and Gus. Of course, on game oh, day, yeah, we we got to introduce. We met a lot of Columbus. Columbus, they were nice. The fans were nice to us in general. Yeah. The student sections were jackasses to us. Yeah, and that's I mean that's, that's every student happen. section. But there were so many guys. I mean, the guy that we were in a nice us we were in a game, nice section. Yeah, we had we, a good conversation. We talked. Troy Smith and Paul Pazuzny for four quarters. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the guys before the game were hysterical. Yeah. Uh, um, it was a good time. You know, my, my favorite, maybe my favorite moment of the weekend and, you know, loyal listener, David Solano will love this. Um, college football is college football. <laughs> that's you know? a great point. And that's just, a, just a great quote. And you know what? That game was close because college football is college football and there's no other way about it. You know, if you need to, if Mikey wants me to explain something out, I'm going to be like, look, 
College football is college football, and that's why that game was close this weekend. Nothing. There's no reason it should have been. There was no reason Penn State should have lost to Illinois. Um, we're sitting there looking in the fourth quarter like, wow, are we really going to lose to Illinois and then beat Ohio State? And you want to know why it would have happened? Because college football is college football. That's right, and there's more college football this coming yes. weekend. The Nittany Lions hit the road. Uh, they're traveling to College Park, Maryland, to battle off against the Terrapins. Yep. Uh, of course, just a, just a brief overview of who Penn State's playing so you guys have an idea because I don't know if you've got to watch Maryland this game this year. Uh, I only have got to a couple times. Overall, from a numbers standpoint, fifth offense in the Big Ten, 13th defense. Um, they, they have a capable passing game, but it's, it's kind of all over the place. Solid Y-out, shaky O-line. Uh, they opened up the season with a with a decent win over West Virginia. They're 5-3. and three. They were 4-0, and oh, three of the four last losses. They beat Indiana a week ago, 38-35. Uh, um, we're going to talk about who they have at quarterback. It's Tua Tungavailoa's younger brother, Taula. Taula. Taulia. Taulia Tungavailoa, who yeah. a lot of people call mini Tua. Little Tua. But I think – but all of it, he throws right-handed. He doesn't throw left-handed, first of all. And he has yeah. a stronger arm, in my opinion. Yeah. But he threw for 419 a week ago. But they did beat Indiana, who started a true freshman. Um, they they didn't start the same guy Penn State saw. Uh, but um, just, a, just a couple guys to, to be mindful of. They have Rakeem Jarrett on the outside. He was a five-star, originally committed to LSU. Uh, Trayvon, or no, I'm sorry, Trayvon Diggs, Stefan Diggs got him to flip over. Um, he burnt Penn State twice last year when they blew us out. Uh, but he's a guy to keep keep in mind of. Uh, Tungvailoa loves going to him. And uh, their safety, Nick Cross, is a DeMatha product. Um, so, of course, they have a ton of DeMatha guys. But, I mean, Tungvailoa, he, he leads the, the Big Ten Conference right now in yards. He also does it interceptions and yeah. attempts. He's basically only behind C.J. Stroud in touchdowns. But, Garrett, uh, when when you look at Maryland, what should the Nittany Lions expect this weekend? Yeah, I think we're going to see probably a pretty high-scoring game uh, overall. Uh, with that said, it's a strength-on-strength strength game. You know, our Penn State's strength is – uh, the secondary on defense and Maryland strength is passing the ball and the Illinois game. It was clearly a game that was uh, a mismatch for Penn state. Uh, you know, just the team just lining up and running the ball down our throats against a, you know, a battered front four. Uh, this is different. Maryland isn't going to try to run the ball nearly as much. They're going to try to throw it through the air. I think that's a decent setup for Penn state. Uh, and, you know, offensively uh, for Penn State Maryland doesn't play a lot of defense so up assuming Sean Clifford is healthy uh, you know Parker Washington Jahan Dotson should be able to to have a big day um, there's a lot of caveats though I, I want to see where this team's mindset is um, and maybe we can get into this a little more but when it comes to the game itself and the matchups um, you know Maryland can score on offense, but they also are very turnover prone. We saw that against Iowa, uh, where I believe they lost something like 54 to seven. Um, it is really, really hard for any team to allow Iowa to score 54 points, considering they can't move the ball on anybody right now. So that says a little bit about Maryland's defense, and also they turned the ball over seven times against Iowa. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, for the Terps this weekend. No doubt. And like you said, uh, just the mentality of Penn State, hopefully they don't get complacent in saying, oh, uh, we just competed with the top team. Now we can just go back to revert whatever. It's a, like Maryland. Maryland's a tough place now because with Penn State, they're, Penn State's not the team they were two years ago when they rolled in and won like 63 to 13. They, they don't have the talent they had then. But 
like you said, they they need to come to play. That's yeah, for sure. They no, this is certainly not a game. I mean, there's the biggest lesson from two weeks ago that they should learn is like there is absolutely no game that you can just show up and and not play and win. Um, and so you know, the biggest thing to me is that this is a must win obviously you lose this game you're looking at six and six this year you win this game penn state can still go nine and three still go to a new year's day bowl still has a chance to get 10 wins on the season um they still have michigan and michigan state to play uh so this is an if and a big if it's a the caveat is penn state comes out and plays like they did with the same intensity this past weekend my hot take will be Penn State throws for 500 yards this weekend for the first time in school history. Wow. Okay. That that is the, if they're ever going to do it, this is the weekend to do it. Maryland doesn't play defense. Uh, Cliff, if healthy, might throw the ball 50 to 60 times again. I think he is um, healthy. I think we what we saw. I mean, we saw his. He was energetic the whole way. Yeah. And I think. I mean, that dude took a beating and. Yep. Not to be that guy, but just like when you play quarterback and you take a beating, you just appreciate a quarterback taking a beating that much more. Yeah. And just the dude just kept getting up and he was getting roughed at and just like stepping into throws and just like, like kudos to Cliff, like that, that last pick, say what you want, but the dude, the dude balled out yep. from an effort perspective, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, like you said, the capable offense, they're second, in the big 10 and first downs. And their defense, uh, their defense line is pretty good. They're fourth in sacks. I mean, Penn State, yep. believe it or not, has a great defense line, but we're back at seventh or eighth in sacks mm-hmm. on the season. So that's that's something to keep in mind of. And let's play a let's play a cool game here. Uh, did you know? I bet you didn't know. Ooh. Mike Tomlin's son, Dino Tomlin, is on this Maryland team. Did not know that. And you wouldn't believe how many catches he has. Like, if you had to guess, how many? He's a sophomore wideout. How many catches through their first eight games? crazy number 13 two (laughs) he barely plays now i'm just (laughs) messing with you but dino tomlin is on the team uh something to keep an out look out for a lot of pa guys too um but like garrett said should be should be offensive game but we're now going to list off our favorite alum from university of maryland uh and i'll let you go first this week okay we're gonna snake it go first all right with your first pick from yeah um, why don't you give me Boomer Esiason? Okay. It seems like he went there. No, he did. Okay. He played for the Bengals in the NFL. Yes, knew uh, that. So that's my analyst. first. That's my first pick. Okay, I'm gonna go with Larry David. Uh, I feel like you've picked him three times <laughs> this year. Not true, I don't know why. That's my first. I'm gonna say that though. <laughs> But whatever. Of course, Curb and uh, most notably Seinfeld. Uh, he's hilarious. Um. And then my second pick, I'm going with SVP, Scott Van Pelt, who um, is obviously the the midnight anchor to Sports Center. He's everywhere in this big college football fan. Okay. Uh, my second pick. Oh, I like this one. My second pick is Dean Beeman, who was the commissioner of the PGA Tour from 1974 to 1994. That's a shame he resigned. He was one of the best, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the David Stern of PGA Tour commissioners. So that's my pick. Okay, and my my pick is um, Jeff Kinney. Do you know who that is? Uh, I do not know who that he's is. He's the author of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. 
And yeah, that wraps up our alum, unless you wanted to add one more. No, I, I don't really have a whole lot more to add here. All right, let's... Y- you were saying that there's a lot of a lot of great alums here. Yeah. I'm not saying a lot. You got to dig for them. So. You got to know where to look. My guy got... My guy just gives me the assistant, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you never have to... I actually have to dig in and look. <laughs> you have a person for this. Let's dive into our favorite part of the show, predictions. Uh, as I saw it, it, it opened at... 11 it's kind of floating to 10 for penn state right now unsure of the over under but can imagine it's, it's up there like garrett said um but let's let's tell me who who's gonna win this game give me your score and give me a stat oh you already did you you said clifford 500 yards yeah and the over under is 55 okay i love the over okay love it more than anything okay and you're sticking with the Sean Clifford 500 yards, or do you want to give something else? Cliff throws for 500 yards, uh, throws it f- over 50 times again, and Penn State wins 52-28. Okay. Now, this team has been outscored 31-117 to by Iowa and Ohio State this year. So Yeah, they don't play a lot of defense. Right. But how many points do you have them? 28, and they've only scored 31 combined. Yeah, but they scored 38 last week, and okay, they'll. I think they'll they'll be able to. Okay, they'll be able to move the ball a little bit. So my stat line also is on the the uh, the offense. I think it's a Parker Washington game. It screams it. Last year he had eight catches for 70 yards and two tutties. I think this year he has six for 120 and two scores. So that's my Stone Cold Ludlock pick of the week for offense. And in terms of score prediction, well, I have I have high expectations now that I b- basically nailed last week's. Um, Mikey is also very humble, if you can tell. We're going to go 46-21 Penn State. Ooh, that's a little score-gami right there. No you don't see a lot of 46s. Uh, I think it'll happen. I, I'm I'm trying to do the mental math. Insert the... the the hangover Zach Alfanakis numbers. Yeah, just all the numbers. That's, is yeah. there like a two point bad radio? In there? Yeah, no, there's something weird's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, Penn State rules. I think they should. Said that against Illinois. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Garrett, as always, thank you for thank you for joining. Enjoy the trip to College Station. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about that next week's episode. Is, is we're gonna talk a little Auburn A and M next week. We'll expand as the season goes on. Um, and we'll continue to, when the college football playoff rankings come out, we'll dive into that. That'll be half of our show. We're going to elaborate a little bit on, on football as the NITS national championship uh, hopes have dwindled down.